0: You push a button, turn a dial Your work is done for miles and miles When it hits you, you know you're bound to shake Cause it feels just like an earthquake It's the drink you don't pour Just one sip
1: you won't need anymore You're as small as a beetle or big as a whale Atomic cocktail
0: Hello! Welcome to this edition of Gale Boys, the podcast you're currently listening to. As always, I'm Liam, joined by my wonderful co-host and friend, Jordan. Hello. Today, uh, we've got quite a doozy on our hands. We've been talking a lot about complete garbage, be it cape shit or internet. So we're actually going to talk about a good movie for a change. But before we do that, let's get into the news. (laughs) I'll do it live! Fuck it. So uh climate change is uh real. For those who've seen the fires uh, that are affected in Hawaii right now. Um over a thousand people are missing, uh and the state is just will probably not exist by the end of the year. But
1: well, you mean uh climate change, you mean uh space was right. That's what's happening. In according front. to Q and On.
0: Yes, uh that's that's been a fun conspiracy for a long time and uh Anything to not admit the fact that you were wrong about climate change all this time? Just just wash away natural disasters by saying the Jews did it, which is yeah. I think
1: if you're still like in the handful of people that think climate change is faking gay, then yeah, it's um like China has uh, the death rate, or from dying Another day, they just have like a like a fuck ton of them, and they have um they're able to like not only like, start like massive forest fires, but also like, control how that fire spreads. They have, like, Star Wars shit, but they have, like, mystical powers. So saw some, like, guy on Facebook, um, the other day talking about, like, certain trees don't burn, and he thinks that's, like, communist space magic. He, d- he doesn't realize that, like, palm trees are, like, full of water, so they don't, like, burn the same way. It's, uh, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, and they, they could live in the desert. Why do, you, why do you think palm trees can survive in Saudi Arabia, of all places? Because, yeah, they're full of water, but it's amazing how much these people just didn't pay attention in school. It's always funny to me, this generation that always told me don't believe everything you read on the internet are now the people who believe everything they read on the internet. It's it's amazing how the tables turned so drastically.
1: The Q and on guys when they went to school they heard about how like, God is behind everything. So sort of stuff like natural disasters happen, it's because like God um is upset with gay people or something. That's up until now but they thought like natural disasters were now it's just like yeah um Xi Jinping has the fucking, uh, die another day satellite that he's using to, uh, destroy America.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, and, uh, we're gonna see, you know, Hawaii's just the tipping point. I've always believed there's gonna be a thing as climate refugees in the future. How many displaced people are gonna have to leave Hawaii now? And, you know, and America in particular is gonna get hit real hard. Texas is burning. It's hot as shit there. Florida will be underwater. It's gonna get bad. It's gonna get bad, and, uh... We're reaping what we sow as a race, and, um...
1: That's the, uh, that's the sequel to Paris is Burning, Texas is Burning, and it's just gonna be a bunch of, uh, cowboys getting, uh, mad at how fucking, um, the, their entire, like, oil-based industry has completely fucked up that entire part of the Contra.
0: Very un-progressive um, sequel to Paris is Burning. Uh, Instead of all the the happy gay people, it's just going to be angry conservative men running around screaming gay slurs. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun change of pace, but
1: uh, it's... You'd think having an entire, like, oil-based economy would be a a net negative at some point. Like, we've talked about Saudi Arabia and how that's going to be like a desert within the next ten years.
0: At least the Saudis are understanding very quickly that it's a finite business, so they're trying to turn it into fucking Disneyland. You know, let's build a glass city in the middle of the desert. Great idea, huh? That's that's brilliant.
1: I'm really looking forward to uh, the line when that comes out. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Mohammed bin Salman saw that. He played it like a decade go and thought, like, hmm, I wonder if I could make this real.
0: <laughs> Give it time. It will be real in the next, uh, in our lifetime. But, uh, yeah, so... Okay. Be prepared for some rough times ahead, people. I hate to be nihilistic about that, but this is the world we live in, and it sucks. But uh, on, on fun news, Trump's been indicted again. I did everything right and they indicted me. I can't believe we're doing this shit again. I thought, like, okay, after three times, now we have a fourth indictment. This one's a little more serious because it's a state indictment, so he can't pardon himself out of it. Because the other ones were federal. This is state.
1: By taking the presidential pardon, you're basically admitting that you committed the crime. It's that nothing like, nobody can do anything about it. It's basically, like, Nixon's thing with Gerald Ford. As soon as he took that fucking, uh, that pardon, it's like, right, you actually, like, did this shit. Yep. So if Sean Patrick tries to get some sort of, uh, Supreme Court style uh, plea deal, then it's, uh, yeah, you're basically to, like, trying to coup the government. Very good.
0: Yeah, and that phone call's not good. Uh, we've, I've talked about this mm. phone call. It's it's basically saying, "Hey, I need eleven thousand votes. Can you get them for me, Mister?" You gonna find me I... some votes?
1: Yeah. I, 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 I know the votes are out right there. If you find the votes for me, it'd be uh, it'd be good for all of us. And I... the fucking governor of Arkansas is like, dirt, there's there's no votes. Yeah. We've been through this like a hundred times already." Well, I got this
0: flash drive with a bunch of pictures of you doing some things. You probably don't want that out there. So, uh, get me my votes, or uh, this goes online. So. Yeah, it's 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 so funny. Also, that um, uh, Rudy Giuliani's been put into it, who kind of popularized the RICO Act, and now I've seen actually a bunch of M- New York mobsters are apparently celebrating the fact he got RICO'd recently.
1: Yeah, if you were brought down as part of the uh, like his grand sweep in the '90s, if you're a member of the Colombo crime family, you're probably thinking, "Yeah, but goes around comes around, fucker.
0: John, well, no, John Gotti's dead, but whoever's like. Sammy Gravano is probably just chuckling his ass off. Uh, it's it's hilarious. It'll be fun to see what comes of this one cuz this one's a little more serious than the other ones cuz there's actual criminal charges. Again, this is conspiracy, racketeering. This is this is serious shit. This is what mob bosses get. Like this is what John Gotti went down for. You know. So this will be fun. This is going to be a fun, crazy fucking couple of uh, year for Trump. and um,
1: I'm looking forward to the uh, George Votter Trump movie in a few years' time.
0: Oh, fuck yeah, I'd watch that. I'm not even... Jokes aside, <laughs> I would actually watch that. I know they have that one with uh, Dennis Quaid as Ronald Reagan that's been in the can for like yeah, five years.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like the one biopic I've been waiting for for the last like three years now. Because the cast is insane, and uh, yeah. man, I just want to see that so it's bad. It's
0: all fucking like crazy, maga conservatives as well. I hope to God it like. I wonder if we'd be like the next the day the clown cried. They'll try to hide this thing and bury it in a fucking vault somewhere. And someone steals it. I don't know. It'd be it'd be fun to see if that actually sees the light of day.
1: Apparently, um, day the clown died is supposed to be coming out like for the next few years. Yep, because the um. Uh, Jerry Lewis law that he you know, like insisted that it got buried for a semi of time, like after he died, is um, is running out now. So, yeah, looking forward to the uh criterion release of that. Oh, fun. I,
0: part of me wants to believe it's actually a good movie and he's just terrified that he made a Holocaust film. There's so many conflicting reports of like what the from the few people who've actually seen it. On what it actually is, Jerry Lewis didn't do a lot of dramatic roles, so it is kind of. And the few times he did, he's really good. Like King Comedy, he's fantastic in that fucking King Comedy. Yeah, he's excellent in that. So kind of, I'm actually curious about it, both as a you know as an artifact, but also I just want to see. It, It sounds like. One of those fake movies from, I don't know, a bad comedy or something. You see, like, a bad trailer for... Like, yeah, it's the, like... Uh, like, Simple Jack from fucking, uh, Tropic yeah, Thunder. Yeah, that's what right. I was
1: thinking. It's, like, it's fucking, uh, Tropic Thunder movie. Well, what if a comedian did a holocaust, movie? Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> uh,
0: that'd be fun, but, um... Uh, do you still think Donald Trump, uh, has a chance to be president? Because, uh, this is, uh, this is getting a little crazy, I think.
1: <laughs> Up until, like, now, I just thought he'd just be like every other pe- uh, president. He'd just, like... He took some play deal when what Ronald Reagan did to Oliver North yeah just like threw him under the bus for Ryan Contra and pushing Trump's gonna try and do that with um Juliana he's the one to go down yeah and, um who is it fucking uh Jenna ellis the um like blonde bimbo that used to be fucking um Trump's uh like White House press secretary uh, she would like come out and justify all the like dumb shit he was doing as president. She's involved in this as well. So It'll be funny if she's the one that goes down while well, Trump just walks just got through. That was the uh, the funny like five minutes after John Six when all the like all the arch conservatives like Kevin Sorbo were like, yes, this is it's about time we're fucking as much time we could the government, and then fucking, as soon as it, like, starts going nowhere, it's like, no, this is, uh, this is, an op. This is all, this whole feds, uh, the CIA is doing this.
0: Yeah. I, I, that's the best uh, piece of Jan 6 history, the Kevin Sorbo tweets, um, where it's, it starts oh, yeah. off fucking, yes, oh shit, don't be fighting cops, guys, and then it's Antifa. Yeah. It's just this brilliant four-tweet thread of just a guy, like, cause I'm, pr- <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it would have been jubilant if, had it been successful. I'm, I'm very curious to see, like, oh, if yeah. it was successful. I fucking
1: make Pence gets taken over and hanged to be like, yes, this is, this is that we're this doing. This is it. our and future, it like, baby. Well, uh.
0: It's amazing. God damn it. But it's it'll be fun to see Donald Trump uh, the next couple of months. And, again, we're not going to say much because uh, these cases go really, really slow. And uh, there's a lot of outcomes for it. But uh, it'll be yeah. a fun game.
1: We'll, we'll be getting a... Even if he does, um, walk Scott Fieber, will be getting a Trump mugshot. Yes. Which would be, uh, which would be fun.
0: Oh. F- th- th- apparently, they denied him a mugshot when there was during his first arraignment because they didn't. They were like, he's going to sell that shit for money. Which, of course, he would, you know? He's a fucking. I would buy it. I totally buy the Trump okay. mugshot. Fuck yeah, that goes on my wall. Because uh, I got a bunch yeah, of, be
1: like. Yeah, you're like fucking, uh. be like fucking Trump here, you know? You're fucking. <sighs> You pay a hundred dollars to get the same Trumpy bear, and be the, uh... To this day,
0: I still want to get my hands on one of those Trumpy bears. Because I have, um, I have, like, a Trump bobblehead. I went to fucking, um, Atlantic City just before he got elected, and there was a shitload of protesters in front of his casino. Because I went to the casino, I had to go see it, and... It was like the most depressing, and this was like right before it gets destroyed, because Atlantic, mm. a guy somehow can build a casino in Atlantic City and lose money. That's amazing.
1: So my favorite piece of Trump memorabilia is the uh, commemorative coin <laughs> he uh, brought out a here. as It's like a picture of the American eagle on one side and just his fat face on the other, like fucking Julius Caesar. Fuck uh, yeah. so good.
0: Oh fuck, I gotta get my hands on a Trumpy bear at some point just to have it because it's. I didn't know it was a hundred goddamn dollars. That's too much fun. I'm and sure...
1: It's, it's something stupid like that. I'm sure it's uh-huh. worth
0: way less at this point. I'm sure I can get it fucking yeah. less on eBay for pennies at this point.
1: Yeah, it's like fucking Beanie Babies. You can just get all this shit for free, and you know. Beanie Babies for, like, the, uh... The earned Bitcoin. was a bunch of people hyping them up. Oh, the stuffed animals going to be worth a, a billion dollars uh, in the near future. And it's like, yeah, my, uh... My collection of, the. Uh, Princess Diana, Beanie Babies are essentially
0: worthless. How much tragedy can you put into one thing right there? Princess Diana and fucking
1: Beanie Babies, goddammit. If he openly declares himself to be a communist, we take his word for it. If a person consistently reads and advocates the views expressed in a communist publication, he may be a communist. If a person supports organizations which reflect communist teachings or organizations labeled communist by the Department of Justice, she may be a communist. If a person defends the activities of communist nations while consistently attacking the domestic and foreign policy of the United States, she may be a communist.
0: Speaking of capitalism run rampant, today we are discussing Oppenheimer, written, produced, directed by Christopher Nolan, who's a director I don't have the absolute love and affection a lot of people do, but I really admire him as a director. And this film really made like like yeah, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing.
1: Yeah, I've been a I would say I'm like a Nolanite. I enjoy most of his movies. You know, like his Batman films, like even Dark Knight Rises. This isn't great, but it's like still well made, and there's still parts of this I can enjoy. But I enjoy um, Nolan's evolution as a filmmaker. If you watched Memento and Oppenheimer back to back, there. Very similar movies, but also just completely different at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, they're, um, his... It's so weird. I've always loved um, Insomnia. That's one of the few that even, like, Hell hardcore yeah. Nolanites don't talk about. It's the only film he didn't write. It's a different screenwriter. He did it as, like, a director for higher gig. And that movie is so... It, it kind of makes me wish he did more director for higher gigs because the way he directs that movie, and this is right after Memento, and it's such a... It's such a cold movie. Robin Williams is terrifying in it. Cause there was that weird point. Robin Williams started doing psychological thrillers. He did that movie, One Hour Photo, where he, full, yeah. oh, I mean, that, that director is an amazing story. They were hyping him up as like the next David Fincher. And then he took 10 years off, made one movie and I don't even know where he is anymore. He just quit. He just said, I, I don't want to make movies anymore. I'm going to go do other shit.
1: That's a running through of um, special directors from the 90s. Stephen Norrington, he just played. And then, um, Little good Extraordinary Gentleman, like, right after that. And after that, he's like, Yeah, I'm done. I, I never want to see another fucking film camera again, as long as yeah. I love.
0: Oh, that movie ruined a bunch of people's career. That ruined Sean Connery's love of cinema. Everyone involved with that production was just was haggard by the end of it. Anyway, Nolan's always been a director who, yeah, he is best known for his Batman films, and I've never been that big. I know The Dark Knight is one of those movies that's, ingrained in pop culture but I don't know it's kind of a 7 out of 10 for me because it feels like a sense of three different movies stitched together and at least two of them are pro-bush propaganda <laughs>
1: I don't know I just yeah it's so. this Batman Begins is like the best of those movies it's an old film but also very comic booky he draws like a very fine line between that yeah. and then by the time you get to Dark Knight it's you've said it before but it's basically just heat
0: Yeah, it's just a Michael Mann movie. And it's a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad film. It's just, I I never really fell hard for it. But, yeah, I've always found Nolan interesting when he plays outside his comfort zone. Like I said, Insomnia, Dunkirk. And this one is definitely the one that I really think is, um... I've read a lot of people say this is basically the Chris Nolan film for people who aren't into Chris Nolan. I think that's a very good way to describe it because it's weird because it's way more tonally like Memento than it is. Like, this is the most, the closest he's gone to back to his roots in terms of the way this movie's structured and put together, it feels very because the first the first hour of this movie is so there's a lot of um, cutting back and forth in time, and we keep cutting back to Robert Downey Jr. getting in front of the conference, and then we cut then we suddenly cut to Oppenheimer in school and his his association with communism. It's a very loosely structured film, but not in a way that's bad. It's just a very, like, it's not structured like your average biopic where it just goes into sequences beat for beat. It, it jumps around a lot.
1: I watched, um, the A V recently, the, um, DiCaprio Howard or movie. There's a lot of, like, weird esoteric stuff in that, like, the scene where he's, uh, pissing in the jars. It pulls back and it's, like, this infinite row of piss jars. And then it's, it's still very, like, a straight waste biopic, whereas this is, jumps, a lot of black and white shots, a lot of very, like, um, esoteric shit yeah. like the, the the movie openings the movie opens up with him like fucking gazing up into the stars and like imagining fucking like stars exploding
0: the esoteric stuff as well like he goes and meets Florence Pugh at the communist meeting and they immediately just start fucking like hedonistic (laughs) fucking I love the opening of this too like it sets it up very quickly that this is going to end bad because he goes to see Einstein and Einstein just walks the fuck away because we know if you know anything about Oppenheimer or the Manhattan Project you know how this story ends and it's not good it's fucking terrifying what they what they built in that desert
1: I've had a lot of complaints that um the movie's too long it's over um
0: it's all it's three hours solid
1: yeah, it is long and a lot of people complain that when the bomb went off that that should have been the end of the um Kame stuff at the end it's just sort of um, superfluous, but I, I, I think that if you don't have like all the stuff of Downey Jr. at the end and the way this film ends in particular, like the last little bit of banter of Einstein. And it's just like one of the most depressing endings. I've yeah, it's just the staring for off. a long fucking time.
0: Because that's what I think is interesting about Oppenheimer, and Nolan understands this too. It's the aftermath of creating this weapon. Like a minute after the Trinity explosion, Fat Man and Little Boy are already packed on a truck on their way to Japan. And he doesn't even know what the fuck's going to happen until he listens on the news. They use the thing I created. And there is that sense of regret. Like that famous video where he describes i become deaf. He looks so emotionally drained it's so funny that quote is seen as like this powerful moment but the way it's actually used in the the piece that he says it in the in the footage he looks defeated like i i wish i didn't do this
1: few people laughed few people cried most people were silent i remembered the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, Vishnu is trying to persuade. He looks like the fucking, uh, weathered Wojak, the, uh, please stop giving me your hardest battles Wojak, and it's, uh...
0: He is a historical th- 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 Wojak, pretty much. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, he has The happy-go-lucky, uh, Zimmer Wojak at the start, and the, uh, the black-filled Wojak by the end. It's yeah, like, oh, fuck it's... My
0: it's so funny, I've seen so many people, like, say the movies too long. Ago. One of my favorite reviews I saw of this was, uh uh youtuber asshole jake paul tweeted like he walked out of the movie because like it's just people talking yeah it's a (laughs) fucking historical drama what did you they all thought this was just going to be the nuke that was the whole because there was a lot of build up to that people thought nolan actually did set off a nuke which would be ridiculous (laughs) you know considering you know that there's there's rules and that place will be uninhabitable for thousands of years like and apparently how they did it is actually kind of cool they built uh, ostensibly a hydrogen bomb from scratch. Like, it wasn't a nuke, but it blew up like one.
1: That's another thing I like about Nolan is that he's a very practical-driven uh, director. He very rarely uses like, tons of CGI in his movies. Even, um, Tenant is like, entirely practical effects driven like, real explosions, real, um, cars flipping backwards, that sort of shit.
0: Yeah, no, I've, I've always liked Tenant more than most people. I oh, love yeah. the way that movie looks. I actually got to see it in theaters during the peak of COVID, because I was so like
1: yeah for for, for that week that uh, cinemas reopened in twenty twenty one or something like that week of cinemas reopening or ten and was the only thing that was I out, saw that
0: like, and well, I saw I saw I remember I saw Unhinged as well the Russell Crowe movie that in nice. theaters was awesome this shitty fucked up DTV movie got a theatrical release and it's it's kind of great. Uh,
1: that was a song for Russell Crowe's uh, Gavin Fizz, which I quite enjoy.
0: I enjoy it. No, I loved. It. I had a great time with the Pope's Exorcist. It's one of the more oh hell yeah. Oh fuck, that was. I mean, it's it's schlock, but oh fuck, and just that intro of him just to go up topic, just that intro of him on the fucking Vespa driving to the fucking <laughs> house at the open. I'm like, this is gonna be a wild fucking movie. By the way, if y'all haven't seen the Pope's Exorcist, it's hilarious because it's um it says it's based on a true story. Meanwhile. Russell Crowe and his boy like discover the Holy Grail in the basement of a fucking Spanish mansion.
1: <laughs> it's like the Da Vinci Code, but with actual like jokes and shit. Yeah, it's right. not like this is like this poor faced down down shit. I, uh...
0: I I do love also the guy who it's based on, Father Amore, He uh he apparently believed uh, yoga was like the work of the devil. He's hard. <clears throat> he was hardcore Catholic, like, fire and brimstone Catholic. So it's kind of hilarious that he gets this silly fucking movie made about him. Yeah. Oh, it's great, yeah, yeah
1: that's uh that was the Catholic Church until very recently if the church's position on like, the Bible now is essentially it's like one big metaphor yeah. you shouldn't like really take it seriously or take for values from it, and that's it
0: I think they did what the Mormon Church did in like the seventies when uh Oh, we're gonna have to let black people in, so they had to rewrite their book because they think the government was gonna take away their tax-exempt status for ostensibly yeah. saying that the whiter you are, the more holy you are. If anyone doesn't know about Mormonism, it's it's wild, the actual fucking mechanics yeah. of
1: it. I, I have actually like talked to, like, black Mormons before, because there's a Mormon temple near where I love. Tried, tried to talk to them about that is like, in the book, black people exist because you're cursed. Like God just put a curse on you, and what's the what's the deal there? It's, and
0: it's like being a gay Republican it, at this point. It's like, dude, yeah, you're yeah. you're you're on the wrong team. I'm sorry. You can believe yeah. anything you want, but everyone in this fucking room hates you for whatever fucking reason.
1: Yeah. <laughs> much, much like the gay Republicans, the answers I would get mental gymnastics. It's like, oh that was uh, one part of the book. You know, you've got to take the uh, whole. You know, the whole message, and it's like, okay, I guess.
0: Going back to Nolan, because we were talking about Tenet there. Tenet is always a movie. It's it's such a weird film, because it, it, it's like Inception without the exposition, which is kind of why I like it. Because Inception is one of those movies that people love. I think it's it has amazing moments, but it, it, again, that movie is so reliant on just explaining everything. Like, the movie just stops dead in its tracks for Leo DiCaprio to tell Elliot Page, this is how this shit works, and it kind of ruins the mystique of it for me. I don't know. just But yeah, and the tenant just does away with that. It's like, all right, so do, like literally the character just says, don't try to understand it, feel it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. I'm into John David Washington and wearing suits and being cool as fuck, shooting guns. Yeah,
1: that, I feel like that's the closest he's ever going to get to a Bodge,
0: Yeah, no, um, makes me wish there was a Tangerine Dream score for that movie, because that fucking would have been mm. like, just really add to the fucking vibe of that thing. but. He's thought about doing a Bond film. I kind of hope he doesn't, because he won't be able to do it. The broccolis will fuck him over completely. Danny Boyle tried, and even he couldn't get his way with that.
1: I don't mind uh, No Time to Die, but it's Boyle uh, Boyle's, like, original age of the story. It's like, man, I just wish we got that instead. Uh,
0: we'll get to that when we get to it, back to our Bond retrospective, but I find mm-hmm. that movie way more interesting as a metaphor for Bond than an actual Bond movie. Like, when we get into it, it's... It, there's there's a layers to unpack with that but uh yeah no but going back to um, Oppenheimer here Oppenheimer is it, it's also kind of funny because again talking about how Nolan has uh grown as a filmmaker when he made the Dark Knight that movie's very much a pro like yeah you can spy on people literally how they save Gotham is uh Morgan Freeman basically creates the NSA his own fucked up version of the NSA and in this film it's um communism they fuck good and all Americans are like corporate Americans and military Americans are evil fucks.
1: I've heard arguments that um, Nolan doesn't like like explicitly endorse all the like NSA Patriot Act shit in, um Dark Knight. And my answer to that is like that man catches the Joker because of that. So, yeah,
0: you like, could you can only blame else am I
1: supposed to take from that.
0: You can only blame your brother Jonathan for so much, Chris. You you gotta have some fucking. Uh. Yeah, I blame not Jonathan for a lot of that because. Um, if you all see in Westworld, he's got some opinions that are pretty pretty wild, but...
1: Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to his uh, Fallout series, just to see how, <sighs> uh, how create that winds up.
0: Oh man, uh, that's gonna be a fucking wild... I, I'm very curious to see how that turns out. But, um, uh, going yeah, but no, and it's so funny, just to see how in 15 years he completely almost flipped. Like, now he's making this, because it's so funny how this movie, he portrays, like, the, the the red scare in the 50s as this complete crackdown. Josh Hartnett's like, they're not even humans, these fucking, like, people. It's like, Jesus, man. And it's, and it's, it's wild. And, and he, even if you just have sex with one of them, like, he when he bangs Florence Pugh, they put him in a room, and they basically dress him down in front of his wife, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is brutal. <laughs>
1: I've heard arguments that Nolan is, like, uh, like an arch-conservative because of all the Dark Knight Rises stuff, but I honestly think if he was a conservative, like, he would not be portraying the American communist movement as hypothetical as he does in this movie. Conservatives absolutely would not do that, especially now.
0: No, it's, it's hilarious that, like, Ben Shapiro was talking shit about this movie, too. He did his whole Barbie video where he's, like, saying the movie's good. I'm mm-hmm. like, this movie hates you. It fucking hates the entire understanding of uh American politics because the way um Robert Downey Jr's character is just doing this so he could get a seat he's doing this just for political power he doesn't give a fuck how many people he has to throw under the bus or how many people he has to fuck over and it really is like a perfect encapsulation of how American politics are
1: that's what I uh, love about that character um the Stroth character is like, he starts out like somewhat sympathetic, cause it's like, oh, I was in a, the Oppenheimer side the entire time, and then you get that one line of dialogue halfway through it. it's like, yeah, I gave, um, I gave uh, the FBI all those papers about him, yeah, that was me.
0: This is also a great example, like when, when Robert Downey Jr., everyone knows him as Iron Man and this cocky guy but when he wants to act he can really really do act and i love how nolan uses his charisma against the audience because again he's he's likable then they just drop the fucking shoe and you're like oh fuck this dude i just love when a director does that with an actor they they completely 180 what we know them for
1: it's nice to see how much after doing a decade of cape shit, playing the same character like, over and over again, it's nice to see him, like, this guy can actually act. Okay. Uh,
0: he, he's had a weird, um, he's he's getting into weird stuff now. He's doing that TV show with Park Chan-wook where he's playing, like, five different characters. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I know Park Chan-wook's involved, so I will be definitely looking into that.
1: One of my, my, my favorite behind the scenes of this is, um, Downey Jr., he's in the tuxedo, getting driven to the, um... One of the meetings, and he's holding the fucking giant IMAX camera in his lap.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, by the way, so I did see this in IMAX. Um, I saw nice. this twice, actually. I saw this in IMAX, and then I went to go see it in a regular format, because I was curious to see... Because one of the problems I have with, with Nolan and the way he shoots his movies, he loves to constantly change the aspect ratio. So,
1: the the frame, it will be... If- I saw this, uh, first time I saw this, it was uh, just a box standard, regular screening. And then I wanted to see like, oh, was this going to be like in an IMAX? And um, it's like somewhat noticeable, but it's not as egregious as no. like, um, like fucking Transformers Five or oh. whatever. The fucking Anthony Hopkins one where it's literally like changing aspect ratios every ten seconds.
0: That's subs- That was that's one of the craziest fucking. Like Michael Bay was so bored making these movies, he'd find any way to make it interesting. So he's like, <laughs> "Fuck it, we're gonna." I'm gonna shoot this on like 25 different aspect ratios, but it's yeah, I I and I, I was weird because I saw this on IMAX. I felt it was kind of There's a lot of these amazing uh shots of the landscapes, but it's such a it's not a really a spectacle film like a lot of Nolan's other movies. It's very a lot of it is just sort of like set either like other than those landscape shots, it's a very it's a very small scale production almost. It's a good example of how good of a director he is where he can even when he's not working with the biggest canvas possible, he can still really like draw the audience in. It's it's hard shit to do for any director.
1: Yeah, there's only a handful of sets, and it. it's like shot mostly outside in the desert. It's a mostly dialogue-driven movie. Everyone thinks like, "Oh, it's the explosion movie," but you only see two explosions in it. once is um, where they're like doing uh, test explosions, and then fucking when that nuke goes off, yep. it's. It's dead silence for a minute, oh, straight, and then they just
0: that the build the build, the build up, hits
1: you like a brick wall.
0: The build up to that is incredible. The entire because people like this movie definitely does really get its... You get your money's worth with it because the way it the tension is so palpable. And they're they're name it Trinity. They're building the fucking thing. They're gonna drop it from, and just when they press the button, there's silence for a full minute, and then just <laughs> boom, it just. And then he drops the line, "I've become death, the destroyer of worlds," and that is filmmaking right there. Fuck.
1: Even though obviously it didn't happen, um, there's still this uncertainty of uh, if this bomb goes off, it could just destroy the world. Yeah. And even though that obviously didn't happen, it's still, like, in the context of the movie, it's like, this could happen, but we're still going through it anyway. You're like, oh, shit. Why this are we come. doing this?
0: Like, we can yeah. we can stop this now. It, this movie's also, it's a fucking stacked cast as well. So many fucking people are in this movie, and not even just the named people. Like, so many character actors. You've got um, you got fucking Remy Malek shows up, uh, Casey Affleck, um, bunch of other people they're escaping me But there's a lot of people in this movie like holy fuck i know that guy like it's it's loaded with so many that guy actors
1: one of the better casts i've seen recently like when fucking james dreamer turned up as the uh, as a secretary of state i was like yes. oh fuck there's uh james dreamer i haven't seen him in a movie since fucking Django unchained
0: i think it's again it's the appeal of uh, people want to work with this guy people want to work with nolan if nolan gives you a phone call you're gonna fucking answer it and again i love how he's He's done so much of his power to kind of escape his Batman movies. Like, that's what he's going to be known for. And he has done everything he can to get away from that. Because right after Batman uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns, he did Interstellar, which was a uh, kind of his version of 2001. And it's still a big spectacle movie. Um, and then he did Dunkirk. And it's so funny because Dunkirk is sandwiched in between Interstellar and Tenet, which are these, like, <laughs> three-hour big bloated sci-fi movies loaded with science and dialogue. And then Dunkirk is almost a silent film. It's an hour, 45 minutes, and it's there's almost no dialogue. You can watch that whole movie without subtitles, and you would still understand what's going on. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah. I, I still so insist, if you're not into normal movies, that's the movie that you can enjoy, because... Yeah. As you said, there's like very little dialogue, Because can like whatever music you want over it, like the music's very good, but um, like a handful of set pieces, um, Great War movie. Oh war no, me. it's
0: it's just so, uh, I just love the way that, that movie's structured too, like the chapter one land, chapter two sea, and just, oh fuck, and the sound is, that has the loudest gunshots. I remember when I saw it when it came out, I watched it in IMAX, and... Uh, the gunshots were like jump scares i was like holy shit this movie's the loudest and that's one of the few times the sound mixing on on oppenheimer is actually good which has been a problem for him for a while he's really bad at sound mixing dunkirk was yeah, fine
1: ted t- had uh, oh, a lot of problems with his sound mixing oh fuck
0: yeah. i i literally watched him like what the fuck is going on I, I still enjoyed it but i was like i have no idea. and even after the second time with something I'm like i still don't understand what the fuck happened here other than Lot of uh, backwards warfare, red, blue, green. And uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson shows up for one scene. It's 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 a fucking experience.
1: I say it's a very vibes movie. Nolan is very good at um, yeah. just like plonking you in the middle of this world, like, th- th- like the way he um, portrays like the real life events of Oppenheimer. This is what happened, but it's also like a world unto of itself. Yeah. You know, you see all this esoteric shit. That scene where um he's like having the uh, the security clearance meeting and it just costs to have like naked getting ridden my fucking phone's pure like, oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> that's such an amazing edit because it just it hits you like a fucking truck you're like all right security oh boy tits wow um hmm. I, I wish more directors would do that because that's some movies these days have gotten so like sex, sex and movie- yeah. yeah and no i will give nolan credit for really going whole hog on this this movie uh this is one of the last films to come up before the actors strike so and it's it's so funny that um barbie came out the same day and the way that organically kind of bled into each other the way those two movies yeah. really benefited from their success it is a fascinating bit of a it, it, it just organically happened because they're they're just completely different movies like one movie's you know the bright candy colored girl movie and then the other one's Black and white, black pill, fucking film. Like it's like pina coladas and black coffee with no sugar.
1: I won't spoil it, but there's like multiple jokes in Barbie. Of they can't have sex because they're dolls. <laughs> it's very funny. One of my favorite scenes in this. It's a. Uh, it's very like blanking you miss a moment. Is um, when uh Florence Pure is uh unaliving herself. You get this like brief little glimpse of like black um. The back, uh, the glove holding her head into the uh, to, into the bathtub, and it's like, oh, it was, a, was that was that suicide or was it like a targeted murder? Because yeah. you know the fucking um, FBI has been spying on them for years.
0: Oh yeah, no, they they've been infiltrating, they they've been infiltrating these groups in very weird moment, and it, it's a while I missed it the first time. I was like,
1: oh,
0: oh that, and it's just you know the FBI is totally capable of doing shit like this. I mean. I would I would say that's more a CIA game though than an FBI game, because uh, the CIA loves to murder people randomly because they don't like them.
1: They're yeah, kind of famous for that. That's what of the reason why uh, why I enjoy this movie is cause um all of the like fucking uh, Arch McCarthyites, Dead character, Dash Macrean's character, fucking Casey Affleck's characters, they're all like they're all like shitting evil guys. They're all like, likeable, they're all fucking like God damn
0: they're, they're, they're... Again, like, and, and the way... I'm,
1: not, I'm not sure Tory would not shit this.
0: No, that's, that's why it's hilarious that it, it had this, like, a lot of conservatives seem to eat it up. Which, if you think McCarthyism was good, this movie will be, like, it's the biggest fuck you of all time. It really is just, you're portrayed as... They're not even portrayed like humans, they're just, like, soulless robots who just... Anyone we disagree with, we must stomp out, regardless of what we have to do to do it. It's so callous the way they, they, um, they just, again, they dress them down and they'll just throw each other under the bus for anything. They don't give a fuck. And it's.
1: Yeah. This is by far, uh, no one's most radical movie. The American government is either, like, grossly incompetent or just, like, outright evil. That's the two modes of, uh, of the government in this matter.
0: No, but. Yeah, I mean...
1: but speaking of, like, cartoonishly evil fucking, um,. Gary Oldman is in this for a few minutes as Harry S. Truman, who, I said, says by far one of the most evil presidents. Like, like, we'll shit talk Trump and all the dumb shit he did, but Truman vaporized like 200,000 people. uh, he, he,
0: He spearheaded Vietnam as well. He spearheaded that war. Like, Trump's an idiot and incompetent. Truman is evil evil so funny he was also like the vice president to fdr who's seen as like the new deal you know led the charge against war like raised morale and his vice president is a man who said yeah drop the nuclear weapons on the fucking japanese i don't give a fuck the night and day of those two is is fascinating
1: fdr has come with hilda like one of the good presidents like japanese internment camps say like, has like overall time as president was a was a net positive for his chairman. yeah i'm gonna drop the bombs i'm gonna start the war in korea he basically set up the entire cold war and then, and that's um there's a line of dialogue in this world war ii is it was essentially like a pre to this actual proper war for the communists which yeah. is like what america actually wanted
0: yeah no because
1: it, um they, they they don't show this afterwards, but they throw all the Jewish scientists like Oppenheimer aside and get fucking ex Nazis into to uh, spearhead their next uh, science project. It's
0: it's yeah, that's some paper. That's the part of Paperclip that is always that's always escape people is the fact that there was yeah a lot of these Jewish scientists had to work with people who wanted to kill them. It's it's fucking insane and just it, it's so funny. America would have gladly let the fucking Nazis steamroll Europe. It's only after the Japanese attacked that they took the shit personally. It's the same yeah. thing with Russia. We would let them go, but you had to go for Stalingrad. So now it's fucking personal.
1: It's like that scene at the end of Patton, where Patton's on the uh, phone to the president, "Give me what's left of the German army, and I I'm fucking I give you Russia within a week. Just 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 let me do it, man. Let me fucking invade." <laughs> uh, and it has to get um, slapped down by Sherman. It's very funny. Yeah, no, it's um, that's
0: the funny. Patton would have fucking caused mayhem if they had let him go there. People always say, like, if Patton had gone there, he would have steamrolled the country. He probably would have, too. No fucking mercy, but... uh, This is off-topic, but I think it's hilarious. My favorite piece of... uh, Because there's been a lot of Barbieheimer memes, which I'm not really into, but the only one that's really made me laugh. It's a picture of Killian Murphy in this film, and it's Joy Division, and then it's Barbie, and it's a new order, which I think is... And it made me think, you know what made me realize? This would be a great double bill with the movie Control the Ian Curtis movie. I don't know if you've nice. seen that. Because it, it has a lot of the same esoteric stuff in it. It's black and white. The way it portrays its figure is not particularly positive. You know, that's a thing also with, uh, you know, Ian Curtis. Mm. If you're going to emotionally abuse someone, uh, make sure they can't write a book, because that's what ends yeah. up happening.
1: My, my favorite part of that is when um, the journalist walks up to him and is trying to a Nazi reference, or is that just like a... Name you're fond of, and Curtis beats the show of uh, Yeah,
0: um, th- th- so they filmed that uh, suicide scene in the apartment he did it in. That's haunting oh. as fuck. It it made me think of that because again, this movie's not a. It is such a. It it makes Oppenheimer sympathetic, but it also really portrays him as a as a real loser. He just yes, yeah.
1: That's ultimately why I like this movie, because he has portrayed some pathetic, but he's not, like, vindicated by the end. Nolan is like, this guy did what he had to, but at the same time, you shouldn't be lionizing this guy.
0: Yeah, and the, the way he wallows in misery, that ending shot, this is one of the best last shots of a movie I've seen this year. Just the the, the fucking base going up and he's just staring and then cut to black, written and directed by Chris Nolan. You're like, fuck. That's good, yeah. and it's it's funny as hell because uh, you, go, you know Nolan. Um, I think one of the reasons this is so radical too. This is his first film since I think Memento that was not made by Warner Brothers because he used to be one of Warner Brothers' golden boys, and then he had a falling out after Tenet and. Universal basically picked him up and said, do whatever the fuck you want, man. We got Chris Nolan now. So <laughs> it'd be very interesting to see what he does after this. He's very clearly opened himself up to doing more radical stuff like this.
1: See so what you want about Nolan, he was totally right about all the streaming shit. Oh, yeah, no, like, he,
0: he called it early. I used to think, wow, you got mad because you released Tenant during a pandemic. I'm like, he may not have had a say in that, I think, now that I think. Because if I were him, I would have waited. But yeah, he, he was completely right. Yeah, so... And he's winning, so uh congratulations.
1: Yeah, having uh of the first two directors be like, Look, you do not put a, a fucking like half a million dollar movie like on streaming, you're gonna fucking you're gonna kill us if you do that and um yeah, yeah they were fucking right man.
0: Oh man, I'm worried about Dudes.
1: Like, like, imagine if fucking Oppenheimer was, uh, was a streaming movie, if I go fucking awful that would be. No,
0: this movie's designed to be shown in a the theater. That's part of like, the- Even on a regular screen, it's... So- We're at a weird point now where, like, Barbie and uh, Mario Brothers are the biggest movies of the year right now. And for some reason, this bizarre, like, political drama... Is considered a blockbuster movie. It's it's so weird the ways that film are moving in a weird like post COVID world is so bizarre. Cape shit doesn't make money anymore. Fucking like the biggest movies last year were fucking a Top Gun sequel and an Avatar sequel. We we don't know what's successful Hmm. anymore. Hollywood has no idea what the fuck they're doing at this point.
1: It'd be like a fucking uh, Oliver Stone brought JFK now and made half a billion dollars.
0: you know what? Give him time. He might actually do that. I mean, he's he's <laughs> I've, crazy. I've heard a
1: lot of um, comparisons to uh, Oliver Stone's movies, like Nixon's to uh, to Oppenheimer.
0: I can see that. It's very
1: straight-laced up until you see some like weird esoteric shit.
0: Yeah, it's it's very much a personal. Uh, this is very much a director being very personal about his subject. Like like this isn't just me telling you this story. This is how I feel about this man, and how I feel about the people around him. And it's again, it's it's just a. You just don't see this kind of movie get made anymore and on a scale like this, so it's a... I'm just so happy that this film even fucking exists, let alone got a wide release and, like, has made money.
1: There's still a few months left, but this is by far my favorite movie of this year. Oh, it's easily... Like, I've seen some decent movies this year, but it's, for me, it's easily the best.
0: I would say my favorite this year. Uh, it's definitely top three, but Sisu still takes the cake for me. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a. The finish oh, yeah, no. It's insane Okay imagine Imagine a World War II movie Directed by Tex Avery But it's got violence It's insane It's Because I'm, I'm an exploitation guy I love silly shit That movie just It's ridiculous But yeah No this is uh, This is definitely one of the The better like movies of this year Because it's not been a particularly Great year uh, Last year was pretty good This one's There's still time But I'm not really optimistic yeah, About the rest of the year I think I can almost write my shit He's now he got a
1: uh... We've got a Scorsese movie yes. and, uh, Dune we got and Dune 2, Two. that's the all-out movies I'm looking forward to I'm cautiously like, for the op- rest of the year. I'm
0: cautiously optimistic for uh, Napoleon, but the fact that it's only two and a half mm. hours is a problem, because you cannot tell that man's whole story in two and a half hours. It's just not fucking possible. You need five hours yeah, in like a miniseries, a, man.
1: Yeah, it's like the fucking um, old black and white Napoleon movie that's five mm. hours long yeah like you 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 need this length of time to like get into the fucking weeds because the fact that napoleon went from this common soldier to fucking emperor of half the world you you need more than like an hour and a half here
0: i will say the battle scenes look amazing because you know i'll say ridley scott's a hit or miss director but when it comes to action big action scenes he's pretty much unmatched so i will it'll probably be good for that but yeah i'm not I'm definitely holding my uh, breath for that one.
1: If we were ever going to do a Broadway Scott movie, I'd really like to do the Kingdom of Heaven at some point. Oh yeah. Because there's a lot of um like very good battle scenes and the uh, character working. Yeah, it's up.
0: also it's also one of the most fuck the Catholic church movies ever made. It's all about yeah, how the Crusades yeah. were just uh. evil. The Crusades were just ethnic cleansing. so funny, that movie they butchered it so bad and then everyone watches the director's cut like, holy shit, this is a real movie. And It's one of like the examples of why a director's cut can be so important for some movies. I
1: don't know what we'll be doing next time, but uh... Yeah, you know, that was uh, that was Alvin by far. I don't know if it's still out in the cinemas, but yeah, if it's still out, it's like yeah. yeah, go see it. Uh, it sucks. It's, it's not one of the best movies by far.
0: It sucks. It's not yeah. in fucking IMAX anymore. Like I went to my theater recently, mm. and it's like fucking some cape shits there now too. It's like god damn it, you're gonna replace this movie with this? Fuck off, god damn it. Also, real quick, uh, before I forget this, um, I had a moment where I watched the credits for the second time. James Woods, executive producer. Now, I thought. Yeah, I, was now, I thought. Said that James Woods. I thought we had a Under Siege 2 Steve Perry situation where this <laughs> is a completely different man. And I'm, no, it's actually fucking James Woods. And why? Why would you. This is like but, when Kevin Spacey produced the fucking Captain Phillips movie. It's like, how the fuck did you get involved in this?
1: It's actual James Woods. It's not like a guy that has his name. It's
0: actually James Woods. If you go on the IMDB, it's that. fucking I did James not Woods. Know that. I. I don't know why.
1: What do you you think he brought to this movie?
0: I feel like he's the kind of guy that this movie hates, which is so bizarre that he's involved with this.
1: Yeah, he wrote all of uh, Downey Jr.'s dialogue. He definitely wrote,
0: he, 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 all of the fucking, like, he definitely wrote some of Matt Damon's shit too. I love how Matt Damon, just real quick, Matt Damon has sort of, uh, like, I love how he's transitioned from being like, he used to be Jason Bourne, now he plays like schlubby office workers. Ford v Ferrari, Air, now this. He's, he's definitely found a fun niche. I'm definitely enjoying him doing this kind of role. He, yeah, he's a little
1: too old to be doing fucking backflips off buildings. He's, so, so he's like, yeah, he's, a, and he, he has gained a fuck, he's an office he, guy.
0: he has gained a fuckload of weight too. After he did like that last Bourne film, he took his paycheck, went to a fucking restaurant and ordered Because I, I enjoy I enjoy the new uh, career trajectory, so uh
1: It's hard to like pinpoint like, into, like a good quote. Um one of the lines of dialogue it, I do remember that I enjoy is um Emily Blunt, uh, Oppenheimer's wife is getting questioned by fucking um uh, what's his fuck?
0: Oh, it's uh, Jason Clark, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, Jason Clark is like the arch fucking McCarthy, right? And he's questioning her about are you or are you not a member of the Communist Party? And Edward was like, maybe eighteen years ago. I I can't quite remember. Uh, did I have a card? Uh, I I can't remember.
0: It's a very dialogue heavy movie, and it's um, uh, it's very. Um... Uh, by the way, I love how Jason Clark seems to be play every movie he plays a role like this. Zero Dark Thirty. He's always fucking playing evil scumbags in business suits. Yeah, um, every fucking movie fucking, he does. Fucking, uh...
1: Uh, Man of the Iron Heart, he's playing fucking, like, an actual Nazi. Yes, so. he's
0: playing, uh, uh, Heinrich, oh, was uh, the Butcher of Prague. Uh, Iron Heart Heinrich, Reinhardt. yeah. Still so got right, uh, epic style Yeah, a bunch of
1: Prague, resistance uh, uh, fails. Uh,
0: botched fucking assassination, they still killed him. Although that did lead to a shitload of massacres. <laughs> Fuck. Come yeah. and seize based on the retaliation of that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, definitely had some, like, they, they fucking... Like, have you seen Anthropoid? That's the better version.
1: Of... Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the, that's the the better version. Yeah, Heydrick is like he's there for like a second before he gets uh, owned.
0: That's another uh, great Black Pilled Killian Murphy performance as well.
1: Oh yeah, he's in that as well. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's... I, I I am enjoying uh, leading star Kelly Murphy now. He's done like some um movies where he's like read like Breakfast and Pluto. Peaky Blinders isn't a movie, but it's like a TV show. Right. But he's always been a character or actor. He's he's been. This is what he can do as a star.
0: Nolan's been pushing him for a long time because he was in Batman Begins. He played the scarecrow. He yeah, put he's, him in he's all. three like, of those fucking movies. Yeah. yeah. I fucking my favorite thing he did in those movies was the scene where he's the judge in Dark Knight Returns. Oh, like, yeah. do yeah. you choose death or exile? It's like, now what will it be? Death or exile? if you think we're going out onto that ice willingly, you have another thing coming. Death. Death. Looks that way. Very well. Death. By exile.
1: By exile. (laughs) It fucking
0: matches the gavel. Yeah, no, but uh, he's got a while. He's become a... um, He's not an A-list star, but he's definitely a recognizable name now. Like, I think Peaky Blinders really fucking helped him. Like, that was- that show is- it, it has, like, a weird hustle and grinds- uh, grind set. Like, Andrew yeah, Tate, is, assholes. Uh, love that fucking show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a big, um, rising grind TV show. Even though I've never watched it. I've like, never yeah, watched
0: it. Yeah. I know people who yeah. have. I- I- I just don't have time for six seasons of television. I just no, can't sit anymore, down and no. commit to that shit. I- I've, yeah. I, I struggle to get through three-hour movies. How am I gonna sit through 19 hours of television? Like, my days of, like, Soprano binges and Wire binges are long fucking over.
1: But I can always hold a B season TV shows like Succession now. I, I don't have time for, like, seven-season shit.
0: No, it's, it's, um, yeah, but I will sit through three-hour movie, and this is a... This is a great three-hour movie because it's, um, it, it is long, but it doesn't feel long. That's one of the reasons I like about it. I wasn't checking my yeah, watch. I was still there. invested in what was going... Because there's so many movies now... Run times are so out of control now. Where this movie does not need to be two and a half fucking hours long, and this one really, you you feel like we do need the three hours to sit down because it's not just about Oppenheimer; it's about the the actual Manhattan Project and the culture of America at the time. There's more to it than just one guy.
1: I did quote, uh, complain about how every movie that comes out now is way too long. Like you saw the um, that recent Dracula movie, which is two hours. That movie, it's, it's I fine saw that movie, too. But it is like this is. A half hour too long. Yeah, world. I this, saw that movie too. I
0: I didn't hate it, but yeah, it was like, come on, this could easily be ninety fucking minutes long. The the actual book chapter is like ten pages, and we're gonna make a two hour movie out of it. it yeah, it was, it, I'll say this: it's the it's definitely better than the other Dracula film Universal release <sighs> this year, but it's not not by much. It, it's okay. It's to wrap this up. Um, yeah, Oppenheimer's great. Please go see it. Uh, it's probably gonna be playing for a while because um. There's not much else coming out this year because of this strike. I think Gran Turismo's out no. next weekend, which... Yeah, let's go see the Gran Turismo movie. Let's go see Neil Blomkamp yeah. fucking stuck in director's jail for the rest of his goddamn life.
1: As soon as fucking uh, that Alien 5 got shot, Candace, like, right, you're you're done. I saw some, the trailer some. for that,
0: and it made my skin crawl. Every shot of it's, like, product placement for Nissan and Sony. I hate, yeah. I hate yeah. this. I, I haven't even seen this film, and I'm like... I despise what this movie stands for. Neil Blomkamp's, uh, but yeah, no, go see Oppenheimer if you want to, you know, we're not going to get, we do there's not a lot of quality American movies anymore, and this is one of the good ones. Uh, and, uh, go see Barbie even. Fuck, I'll, I'll gladly let Greta Gerwig have my money over fucking cape shit at this point, or whatever the fuck Gran Turismo is. Now, this is what you should
1: do if you are out of doors when the warning sounds. Take cover at once when you hear the attack sound. Take cover in the nearest building. If there is no building nearby, try to find some solid cover.
0: If there is no solid cover, lie flat in a ditch or a
1: hole and guide.